Welcome to the Profitable Happiness Podcast, where we feature stories from highly successful CEOs, business leaders, and experts who exemplify the use of inspirational leadership, employee happiness, and harmonious teams to build business profitability. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Pillay with the Profitable Happiness Podcast, and it is my pleasure to introduce you today to CEO Kim Radiker Bays, who is the leader of the Exponential Property Group. Um, now, Kim, I, I want you to just kind of tell us, first of all, where are you calling from right now? Because I can see you're indoors like I am, but you're somewhere in the world, right? Where are you right now? I, I am um, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area of Texas, actually, in South Lake, Texas. So um, at home this morning, uh, I've got some meetings later on, but uh, joining you from home this morning in South Lake, Texas. Absolutely. And, and you know, it's really warm here this time, really warm here this time of year. So yes, yeah. I am indoors in the air conditioning. Yes. And, and, and what's interesting is that, you know, we're also indoors for another reason and we're at home for another reason, which is really this COVID-19 situation. And I'd love for us to visit that uh, down the road. But before we get in that, you are a very successful CEO. You're on the Inc. 5000. Your company is doing amazing things in the community. Tell us how you became CEO Kim. <laughs> um, well, so when my um, boys were born, I have 13-year-old twins um, that have autism. And so when my boys were born, um, I shifted a little bit and started working for a professional organization um, in the field of retirement plan work. And so at, also when they were about six months old, um, I was heading the grocery store one day and listening to the Texas Rangers on the radio and the um, game went on rain delay. And so they put on one of the real estate investor radio shows kind of as filler during the rain delay. And one of the things it said on there was to read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And so I was like, all right. So I did. Um, and kind of that started down the journey. All of that made a whole lot of sense to me. So I went to the free thing where they sell you the more thing and whatever else. So but anyway, it started my career in, sing in um, real estate and single family um, when the boys were just, we bought the first house actually on their first Halloween. Um, they, they spent it at a title company instead of <laughs> trick-or-treating, but they were only well, like 10 months old at the time, so they didn't mind at all. Mm -hmm. um, so we bought uh, single-family houses, did seven of them in that next year, kind of buying each for cash, renovating them, and then doing a cash-out refi. My timing was very, very fortunate on those. We got the cash out of the last one um, a few days before the last program got shut down that did cash-out refis back in um, that time. So that was, that was very fortunate timing. Uh, so then kind of sat back for just a little bit and eventually uh, met a business partner that also had a son with autism. And um, so we decided to move into the multifamily realm. Uh, and so that was kind of a really big transitional point and um, started that with 77 unit property in Irving, Texas, mm -hmm. and then kind of have just grown it from there. So to date, we've owned 7,200 units. Um, 20 properties and currently own just under 5,000 units and have 14 properties. Um, but constantly kind of buying and selling and churning through that portfolio has been really the business model um, because that is what generates the, the capital gains that really allow people to kind of move forward in life, both us and especially our investors. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm always fascinated by stories of people who something changed in, in terms of mindset 
that, mm-hmm. that put them on a path. In fact, I did read Rich Dad, Poor Dad many years ago, and I, I too was affected. You know, I, I happen to have, I hate to say this, my poor dad, but I, ha- I happen to have had a father who was big on PhDs. He, you know, he, sure. he's a, he was a PhD and, and that's all he wanted from me. It took me a while to figure out that in the rich dad, poor dad world, <laughs> there's another kind of <laughs> approach to life, yeah. which is outside of education. But tell us a little bit more about the things that inspired you. You've talked about um, autism and you know, growing up, or not growing up, but rather raising your children and how that led you to look out into the world and seek the next big thing, the thing that would create shelter and success for you and your family. Tell us about that just for a moment. Sure. I mean, really on that journey, um, like I said, I was able to work kind of part-time from home for this professional organization for a while when they were little. But then as it was getting older, I realized that there was no way that I could just be therapy mom by myself for two kids, um, hard enough with one. Um, And it takes a special kind of person to do that even with one kid. But with two kids, there was just no way that I could do it. And certainly without any income, there wasn't a way that I could pay for the help to assist in doing that. And so really just figured that I was going to have to figure out a way to pay for all of this. I was very, very blessed to have um, good parents that were able to help out with at least some of those therapy expenses early on when um, we really didn't have a lot of the money to take care of that. But um, that, that has definitely been a driving force is to go and, and do what you know, is necessary to take care of my kids. And also, um, when you have children with autism, it's a, it's a difficult thing. It's uh, a bit isolating, um, for sure. And it also is, it's hard to keep your positive focus on things because you don't have control over whether or not what you're doing is successful. So you can work really, really hard, and they're still going to acquire those skills at exactly the rate that they want to, kind of no matter how much effort you put in. And so I think it's also been a really good thing kind of for my sanity to have an area that I could focus in that could get that success and where my efforts did translate into progress. And then that's allowed me to be mom and really hang out with them and help with other things and really just kind of love on them and do fun stuff as opposed to just being frustrated by constantly working through the therapeutic aspects of it. So I think that's been a huge benefit to them and to, and to me. No, I could, I can actually see that. And in fact, I, I, I wonder if, if not only did that teach you skills about, you know, coping with not being in, in control of everything, but, but actually skills sure. about empathy toward your eventual customers. Um, I would love to learn maybe um, if you feel that your organization and the way you lead it has a specific kind of viewpoint with respect to customers. Oh, absolutely. I mean, our, our residents are the people that pay the bills. That's why, that's why we all have jobs. That's why we all make money. And so it's very important to treat that, to remember um, one of the things that I really stress with my team is that you are working in the resident's home. So this is where they live. This is where they have to be every day. And so you have to remember that and, and treat everybody with that, the respect that that affords, because they are the ones that make it possible for us to have these jobs, these careers and everything else. And, and we try to be very focused on, our, on helping our residents when they need it, particularly during this time. Um, for years, we've had good relationships with many nonprofit organizations in the area. Um, and building that foundation along the way has been so huge in this time 
because when we had residents that were struggling to get unemployment or that were struggling, you know, didn't have food or that kids needed the, you know, were missing out on free and reduced lunch programs at school, we had the connections already built. So we've been able to get a lot of assistance for our residents. Um, we try to really, we've tried, you know, we've, like I said, we've helped them apply for unemployment. If they did lose jobs, tried to coordinate different benefits, made sure that they were aware of like stimulus checks and what was going on with that and how to, how to get those. Um, we do a lot of outreach into the community to find out what places are hiring. So um, as a whole bunch of people were getting laid off, there's other companies that also had to ramp stuff up. So we've gotten a huge number of our residents hired by Amazon, Kroger, um, some of the manufacturing facilities that were then short staffed in the area to try to make sure that they have their needs met as well. That is so cool. I mean, you're, you literally, as an organization, step out of just the residential thing and you're providing these ancillary, almost human requirements and needs to, to, to your sure. residents. Wow. I mean, it's, it's beneficial to all of us. I mean, it, it's huge. I mean, the biggest thing is people are people. Yep. Everybody's just a person. You know, everybody has struggles along the way. Everybody has good days and bad days and easy things and hard things. And so I think that's, been just remembering that we're we're all human we're all trying we're all trying to get somewhere and just help wherever you can in whatever way that you can and obviously all of these things are beneficial to us as well because if the people actually get some assistance then they can both pay their rent and feed their children and so i mean it's a huge human benefit it it does benefit us as a business as well but it's um it's been a it's been a good thing and it's it's something that really i think sets us apart from some property owners, particularly that are more distant management and, and that sort of a thing that aren't as involved, is to try to really remember that all of our residents are people that are trying to make make it through life just the same way that that everybody else is. And so um, helping wherever that we can is a big thing for us. I, I think, I, in fact, I'm writing that down here because I really believe that is that is a unique way of thinking, which is empathy, not only for your customer customers needs as it relates to the products you provide but actually to the things they need um and 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 to the things that make their lives whole because in the end the more successful their lives are of course the better clients they will be as you've said um tell us now about your stakeholders let's talk about your business a little bit um for anyone who may not be in the multifamily real estate space give us a sense of whom you serve how you serve them uniquely um and what your business is really all about I guess we kind of covered sort of the customer resident piece of, yeah, yeah, of that yeah. equation. And so, yeah. um, you know, there is all of that. And we try to just provide people a good place to live. But, you know, we, um, we, tend to, we tend to buy properties that oftentimes have been either somewhat neglected or mismanaged um, or just not really updated in a long time. And we do go in and do renovations. And one of the things that has surprised me during this time is um, while so many of the other people in my space, the multifamily area, in order to conserve cash during COVID-19, stopped all renovations. Um, We're kind of uniquely suited. We have a very vertically integrated business model. And so we have a materials import company that, um, so we have a warehouse full of products and we have all of our renovation team is direct W2 employees of ours with benefits and everything else. And so um, because those, I mean, obviously those are not positions that they can work from home, but they are ones where they can social distance. So oftentimes I mean, they're just vacant units that we're, when we're doing the upgrades. And so you can have one or two guys 
working in there at a time, probably even in different rooms from one another, and still make progress on those renovations. So that's one of the things that's kind of really pushed things forward where many other groups have stopped. And it kept uh, gave us the ability to keep all of our team members employed the entire time. We haven't done any reduction in force or anything um, throughout the COVID situation. Wow. So there's some people, some of the team members are working from home, but the ones that obviously can't, like, you know, it's, it's really hard to install a faucet while you're sitting on your couch. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we, we've found ways to keep them as safe as possible and socially distanced, but still working and, and doing those things. And one of the great things that has really come from that is as more and more people are spending more and more time at home, as their kids are home more, people care more about where they live and the condition of the place that they live. And so, um, you know, a lot of my competitors on some of these ownership calls and different things that we do to kind of share ideas with one another, people are like, well, is anybody actually paying for the premium on the renovation? I said, absolutely. If they're not going to leave their house, they care a lot more about what their house is like. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. You you care about whether or not stuff works and whether or not it's nice and whether or not it has enough space for your family. So we've also seen, I mean, one of the big things that I've really seen during this time is our occupancy on the two bedrooms. I mean, you just can't keep, uh, they're they're just, it's crazy. I mean, so we're, you know, the submarkets usually were kind of at 92, 94% oftentimes. Now it's hard to even keep them at 99%. Half the time, everything is full on most of the two bedroom floor plans because people are trying to get more space because they're home more and they need, they need some workspace or they need space for their kids to be at home and, and those sorts of things. So that's been an interesting, um, enlightening piece, like I think, kind of during this time. You know, you, you, you have over 170 employees. And as you mentioned earlier, um, what a time, you know, uh, that we're all in. And, and I think something you said that I find significant is not one of them has been let go. Um, you've, no. you've, you've no reduction in force whatsoever. Tell us a little bit about your team and, and your philosophy of teamwork, because I think that's fascinating. No, I mean, truly, um, the, the team matters a ton. The team is why we're able to do what we're able to do. Um, so, you know, it, basically, anytime anybody has ever been let go, it has been for cause. Yeah. <laughs> I can't say nobody's ever been let go. But, yeah, for, um, for cause, but, not but, COVID, for, right? For, for cause, <laughs> not COVID, but yes. During, um, but no, it's been a huge thing. And, and they know that I care about them. And that makes a big difference in, in what um, the team is really, they are struggling a bit right now because we're used to having kind of quarterly events where everybody's together and hanging out and they, they miss each other. And some of the offices have been closed um, periodically. And so they're, you know, and, they're, and th- so they miss their residents if they're working from home, they miss each other. So that has been a real challenge for things. So one of the things I actually did this spring is set up um, like a Calendly couple of days where they could just do like little 10 or 15 minute catch-ups with me um, just over Zoom. You know, I'm like, I'm not talking about anything in particular. These are not performance reviews, but just, how are you? How have things been going? everything going well anything I can help with you know this is what's been going on with me kind of a thing so just kind of keeping that human element even as we've gotten larger I think is really um, a huge piece of it I would say one of the biggest things that um, I've had to focus on as a leader is I've always been relatively capable and so I kind of when this all started there was a lot of it that I kind of did all the pieces of all of it. And so I think that's given me a great perspective because I do know what all the different functions are and how to do them and all of that sort of thing. So I think that gains a lot of respect from my team. But one of the hardest things to learn really is then letting go. 
just because I mean, so that's really what it's taken to um, develop a larger organization as, is to be able to let go of some things, understand that other people can do it just as well. And one of the, the bigger things is actually a concept, um, I'm part of a strategic coach program that has the concept of unique ability. And so everybody has something that they can do and work at that gives them energy rather than draining their energy. And so one of the big um, concepts that they really go through in that is whatever that task is that you don't particularly like to do, oftentimes, you know, out of empathy, we try to go, well, everybody else is going to hate doing that too. No one else is going to want to unload the dishwasher either. But there are people out there that find it perfectly satisfying to unload the dishwasher. So getting out of that mindset of if I don't like to do it, nobody's going to like to do it. And even though I don't, you know, it's not something that gives me energy, I should still be doing it. So really focusing my time and energy on the things that really can benefit where I can provide the most benefit. And then really spilling that down to my team as well, because my team is fantastic, absolutely outstanding people, but they're a lot like me in many ways. So they want to handle it all and, you know, take care of everything and be the, be the problem solver and do all of those things. So then also spilling that down to, you know, my, the rest of my leadership team, you don't have to do it all. No, that's, that's not a call you need to make. Yeah. That's why we have regionals. That's why we have managers. This isn't a piece that you have to handle personally. And so really kind of spilling that down through the team as well, I think has been, has been huge. That's really what's made it grow from, we're, we're a bit more, I would call it again from strategic coach, a self-managing company. And it really kind of is a self-managing company. Now there's, I get to really kind of focus on growth and new things and ideas and and kind of building the business and where it's going to go and doing some cool development stuff as opposed to just making sure that I's are dotted and T's are crossed. And yeah. so um, that, that's been a huge thing for us is in terms of our ability to actually grow and take things to the next level. And it's given so many opportunities for our team to grow and learn new things and take on new skills and stretch beyond where they've been as well. You know, I, I think what you've just shared ranks up there almost as a masterclass in, in how to build great teams and, and a company powered by people, um, you know, the people element kind of a thing. In fact, one of the things I really appreciate is you said that you talk about the 10 to 15 minute uh, catch up calls that you do over Zoom in light yep. of COVID-19. And, you know, when I think of that, you know, most of the relationship building that, that leaders have to do is done at the water cooler. You know, it's the whole managed by walking around. Well, what happens when you can't walk around because nobody's, because everybody's at home, right? What, what do you do? So, so it's, it's cool to hear your adaptation of some of these principles. I have one that I want to share with or ask you actually about, um, and that is the question of emotion. I, I, I want to I start by saying that I was once in an organization where the leader said, we don't have time for emotion around here, okay? She um, just didn't believe in all that, <laughs> you know? Okay. And, and I, wonder, I wonder your opinion about people's emotions and how, you know, how much that impacts teamwork and success and how we handle that in COVID-19 when we're not, we're not near each other enough to actually feel and connect and all those kinds of things. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I think there's, there's always a place for emotion. I have, I have a very low tolerance for drama. 
Uh-huh. But people, but emotion and drama are two very different things. People have feelings about stuff and, and they're reasonable feelings for the most part. And even if not, they're still in, there's still feelings that that person has to work through. And so I think the biggest thing is being an ear to kind of talk through stuff. I guess one of the things I am, I'm really horrible at like disciplinary action when it comes to the team. I'm very fortunate that I have other people on my team that can handle the more specific, like you weren't here by eight fifteen, and you know, here's the consequence for that. Um, but one of the things they always give me credit for is the mom talk. Ah, so, the mom talk. <laughs> the mom talk. So that's the piece that I actually am good at. I, you know, sometimes we've had employees that have been really high performers for a while, but then kind of seem to be getting off track. One of the conversations I'm really good at is calling them in and being like, look, this isn't going very well right now. I know you're capable of more because I've seen you be capable of more and I believe in you. So what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> what's, got, what's got you upset? You know, and, and I've got, you get a range of different things. I'm just kind of bored with what I'm doing. I'm frustrated with this other team member. My aunt passed away or, you know, whatever, you're struggling with kids at home, whatever it happens to be. But it gets to the core of the emotion. And if most people just want to be heard. So if you give them a forum under which people can be heard and can contribute and it's okay to have emotion about it, it's not okay to sit there and gossip back and forth and cause a whole bunch of drama and undermining whatever. And so, but clarifying the difference between those two things I think is, is huge because people have emotions and it's not wrong to have emotions. That's just a part of being human. It's when you do bad things with those emotions and then, you know, that that can be a problem, but overall, emotions are just a part of life and so really what a friend of mine has a sign that says uh what most people really need is just a good listening to Mm -hmm. and so I think that's really true too so if you let people just be human and it's amazing the connections um that you can build with people so so a couple members of one of our our on-site maintenance teams um came to our headquarters office to fix a few things a couple months ago Mm -hmm. and so I was just chatting with them. And then eventually one of the, it was one of the assistant maintenance guys figured out that I actually was Kim. He's like, wait, you're Kim. You're the, you're the owner of the company. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, but you're just real. And I was like, yeah, I'm just a person like anybody else, you know, (laughs) good days and bad days and whatever else. So I think being, being real and being approachable makes a whole lot of difference in the team. And I think by me being real and being approachable, I've built my leadership team with people that are real and approachable. They're not, they don't put on a front. They let, they'll let you know if you're, they're having a bad day um, in, a, in a constructive way. Yeah. <laughs> not, yeah. In a, not, in a, not in a lashing out at anybody way, but in a constructive way. I mean, so when it's amazing the bonds that can be built between people when we just get to know one another on a yeah. human level. Yeah. And so what I think are- that makes a big difference. What are some of the mindset challenges that you've discovered in, in leading teams? The things that, and by the way, I love the mom talk. That's, I think that's just like a thing. I've never heard of it, but I, I love it. <laughs> um, you know, what are some of the, the things that can go wrong with teams? Now, this doesn't have to be about your team, but something that you look out for to make sure that you really get that right when it comes to teamwork. As we know, soft skills teamwork, things that really you can't measure in terms of dollars and cents are the things that produce the dollars and cents. So, you know, Absolutely. what can go wrong that we really, really need to watch out for? 
I think the biggest thing is just unresolved conflict. Um, and then also just, you have to be, you have to be careful on mindset. So one of my um, favorite books, I actually read it on a plane last December, um, is leadership and self-deception. Mm-hmm. So the biggest thing it talks about is that most of the time when we really get kind of warring with one another or upset with one another, oftentimes it is stemmed initially from us letting ourselves down. So a key example that it gives in this book is, you know, married couple laying in bed, the baby starts crying, you wake up, you go, I should, I, I should get up and just let him sleep. And then you don't. So now you've let, disappointed yourself because you had a really good, nice intention to do it, but then you didn't follow through with it. And so now you try to justify to yourself why it was okay that you didn't do this nice thing that you had ever, that you had an intention to do. Yeah. And so, well, you know, I got up the last three nights and really shouldn't it be his turn. And I've got my meetings tomorrow morning are just as important as so whatever those things are. And so now you're upset with somebody that didn't do anything other than sleep. (laughs) (laughs) But really who you're upset with is yourself because you, you had it in mind to do a good thing for someone and you didn't follow through on that initial intention. So I think that, um, that book, I've had a lot of my team members read that. So I think that sort of a concept is very, very important. Just be kind to one another, because as soon as you let that dig in, that's when people start, well, you know, she always, and he always, and they always, and whatever. So getting back to, I mean, it really is just making sure that people communicate and connect on a human level. Yeah. So um, usually when I'm starting to see any sort of drama or anything like that, it's that people aren't, it's like, okay, so why don't you talk about your day? What, what'd you do this weekend? What did you do this weekend? Huh? You both like to, so getting kind of just those general bonds gets people out of the, I'm the victim and everything mindset to where everybody just kind of views each other with a, a little more tolerance and a little more, uh, forgiveness. Yeah. And yeah, anyway, I think that's, I think that's a big difference. So yeah, that, no, I, I think I, that really what goes wrong is people don't, they dehumanize one another. And so mm-hmm. by bringing that human aspect back, um, everybody gets a lot along a whole lot better and works a whole lot more cooperatively. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. In fact, um, there's some research by the McKinsey Group that says, um, I believe it was 97% of all executives and employees were asked or who were asked said the following. They were asked, what is the number one thing that can go wrong on a team? And they say, alignment. When people Mm -hmm. are not in alignment or uh, in harmony, which happens to be my favorite subject because, you know, as you know, music, harmony, team, harmony, Mm -hmm. same thing. (laughs) But, but, um, you know, I I wonder, you know, let's talk about the flip side. What success looks like, you know, what, 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 what great harmony looks like. What do you look for to uh, sort of identify that your team is humming in terms of everybody feeling like there's harmony? What do you look for? Um, really just that we're all rowing the same direction. I mean, you can, you can pretty easily tell from the results and, and general attitudes as to whether or not everybody's kind of going in the same direction. So one of the big things that we use in our company is called EOS, so Entrepreneurial Operating System is what mm-hmm. that's for. And um, that's been huge. We put that in two years ago. And um, it really is something that takes you through the more constructive day-to-day process of getting the right structure, delegating where appropriate, kind of working through all of those things. But the biggest thing is that um, in our weekly meetings, 
which we now have weekly meetings. I was a big, I was, I was not a meeting girl. I was yeah. not a meeting girl, but the, the structure actually has helped. But in our weekly meetings, there's a section called, um, we have what we call the issues list. And there's this section where you go through identify, discuss, and solve. So it's identify what the actual problem is. Then we have a discussion and we come to a resolution, not just kicking the can down the road. We all talked about it for half an hour and then no, nothing actually gets done and decided. And, and, you know, it's still just another, it's still just an issue. And so the biggest thing is um, kind of in those discussions, everybody gets a voice, everybody gets to say their piece, but at the end, it's a final decision and everybody understands that's in that room, whatever the decision is from the room, that's all there is. So, I mean, it's kind of like, it's kind of like raising kids, you know, mom and dad go into a closed session and we can battle it out into different things. Should they be allowed to stay out that late or not, or who or when or friends or what, whatever else. But once the decision is done, you got to make sure that everybody that leaves the room, that that is the group decision yeah. at that point in time, no matter how much you fought against it, that's the decision. And that's what we're moving forward with. And so that really helps provide the structure and the guidance to then the rest of the entire organization. Yeah. Um, to follow through on those things so that you don't end up with, well, but so-and-so doesn't really seem to be in favor of, it's like, no, no. I mean, we, and we have, we have spirited discussions sometimes over, over how to handle things and different perspectives on things. But the biggest thing is once, once we're done discussing it, that is a leadership team perspective and that's what we roll out to the rest of the organization. And I think that's been very effective for us. You know, I, I have to say I'm, I'm chuckling over here because I just love the mom CEO thing. You know, like your, your, your success as a mom really has influenced your thinking as a leader and your implementation uh, and interacting with people and humanizing things. I think that's fascinating. Um, I guess I more or less have 180 kids, so. <laughs> I guess so. Um, so. As we wrap up, tell us what you're excited about at the moment. Uh, any projects that are coming up and how can people reach you if they want to learn more from you or work with you? Sure, absolutely. So um, we've got a lot of exciting stuff. It's been, it's been a very, very busy summer. So we've got a couple properties for sale. We've got a couple others that we're looking at. My, we haven't found anything yet to buy that, um, where the numbers have worked, but continue to evaluate the opportunities. Um, and we're also super excited. We started a nonprofit for families affected by autism um, this spring. And so uh, we actually have found a piece of property now and are going under contract today to purchase the ranch land that will become this family camp. Um, for families to really be able to interact together and then also provide parents some respite and some ki kids some fun and entertainment as well. So um, it is in the very early stages of a really huge dream that <laughs> will take years to accomplish, but um, at least the initial stages are kind of underway. And so that's, that's been very exciting and kind of what, what we're excited about this weekend. We were talking through different things and looking at different cabin designs and um, all of that kind of stuff. So trying to figure out really how to, how to make that dream into a much more concrete reality is, uh, is a big part of um, our excitement right now. And then we're also doing some really cool software development to really um, make the process of renovations and um, a lot of the metrics and managing a larger portfolio of properties more efficient too. So that's been an, another exciting piece that I'm getting to spend some of my personal time on. Um, so anyway, you can um, reach out to at Exponential Property Group is our company. And um, you can find us on, on LinkedIn or, or Facebook on the web. Um, my email is kim at expg.com. And certainly feel free to reach out to me. You will get a bounce back reply that I am focusing on uh, 
grander initiatives and checking email less frequently, but it is, it is periodically monitored by me and, and my admin. So um, that is a good way to, to reach out for more information and you can get directed to the appropriate person there. And so, um, and also the foundation that we started for the children with autism is um, marthasranch.org. So that's the website for that. And um, basically it's pretty much just a landing page right now with a lot of it just coming soon, but we are um, in development on that and, and looking forward to that project moving forward as well. Kim, I just want to thank you for what I consider a very unique and refreshing, I wonder if I should say the mom approach <laughs> <laughs> to leadership and teamwork. Uh, really enjoyed uh, having you on our show. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It was a, it was a blast. I really in, enjoyed our conversations. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks for tuning in to the Profitable Happiness Podcast. For more episodes, visit drpalay.com. And remember, get happy first and success will follow.